TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Sound you heard is me crumpling up my notes I have planned for today's show. Welcome, everybody. Two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com. We are back at you. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. It's sports and more with the big dog and the coach. We do it uh, one hour each and every weekday, five days a week. That would make five in total. At least last time I checked my math and big dog, I had all these notes for the show and Everything uh, prepared, and then I crumpled it all up. I said, you know what? I'm talking to the big dog here. And when you talk to the big dog, you really don't need notes, do you? I, I would certainly hope not, Coach. Uh, the, the last thing I would ever be in life would be prepared. So uh, yeah. we just wing it. That's what we're trying to do, and that's what we're going to bring to everybody in the world because it's not just the city of Chicago. It is all – how many continents are there, Coach? I believe there are seven uh, continents that our show is webcasting into. Very, very impressive there might be an eighth continent out there, but I'm not aware of it. Okay, I don't know if they include Madagascar yet, but since I'm geographically challenged, I'll go with you, Coach. Yes. Our ratings, by the way, we get the geographical ratings for Madagascar, not very good. I'm a little disappointed in our Madagascarial um, listenership. Unless you're a breastfeeding mom. Well, that goes uh, basically throughout all seven different continents. If you're new listener yeah. to the program, we do some research on our listening audience and... Uh, you know, it changes every once in a while, but the one constant, uh, our number one listening audience throughout the show and the radio show that we used to do, Big Dog, breastfeeding moms have been, and probably, quite frankly, always will be, our number one listening audience. Yeah, and if you're a breastfeeding mom and, and a Chicago Blackhawks fan, that milk is very, very sweet. And if you're a Vancouver Canuck fan, it's a little bit sour this morning, Coach. Boy, nice transition. Nice transition. Well done, my friend. By the way, when I... Talked to you last night post-Blackhawk game. You told me you could do the show today. It sounded, I could be wrong, but it sounded like you were, um, quote-unquote, celebrating early and often last night. Um, yes, Coach, I would have to tell you, you have no idea. People <laughs> are like, who are you to say they're going to win in five and they're going to lose game one? And he's, and like, but other people were like, after they lost game one, I felt like they were going to win in five after you said it, so... Coach, you have no idea. I had so many pats on my pat on my back last night. Oh, you have! I'm like sore. So many people are like, "Oh, you're going to be right." Now I'm a little worried because everybody was telling me I was going to be right. I'm usually better when people tell me I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> you, you like working from a disadvantaged position better. Sneak up on people. Yeah. And what Big yeah. Dog's referring to is before this uh, Blackhawk and Vancouver playoff series started. And we'll talk some uh, NHL playoff hockey for sure today. You watch the Hawk game. You want to comment on it? Our phone lines are open eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. But you predicted right at the very beginning of the series that the Hawks would lose the opener at home and then come back and win four in a row. So far, you look like a, a man of great sage advice. Yeah, right now I look like uh, Nostradamus. Yes. And it's only because my, my nasal cavity is gigantic. <laughs> but uh, 
I, I, you know, it's funny because most people give you predictions. Oh, Hawks in five, Hawks in six, Canucks in seven. You know, but like I give you that exact breakdown of what's going to happen in the series, coach. Mm-hmm. And and I, I have to just you know go out on a limb because the only thing I know about hockey is when you get the puck or the biscuit, as what I've learned that they call it now, coach, over the line into the net that you get a goal. That's about all I know. And the, 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 with the ice temperature is 22 degrees. I've learned that mm-hmm. recently. Other than that, I really don't know much about hockey. Well, yeah, you do. You're understating the cause here. We found out uh, one thing yesterday, and we've seen it more and more in the playoffs. Underrated in the goaltending, this was the key to the game yesterday, quite frankly, Absolutely. is the ability to um, smother the initial shot. Yes, yes. And, and Roberto Luango, Luango was not able to do that. Antti Niemi was, and it was really it was not initial shots, Big Dog. It was second and third shots, rebounds yesterday and really throughout the playoff series that have been the difference. So that has definitely been the difference. In the, like in the in the first series that the Hawks won against the, the Predators, the whole thing was Pekka Rene. He, was given, you know, he gave all kinds of rebounds, but the Hawks couldn't capitalize, and, yep. and that was like the difference why it went six games against a team that, like, the Hawks are much superior to in talent. Well, yesterday, it just seemed like every time Roberto Luongo, by the way, Luongo in Nigerian means Chicago owns my ass. Did you know that, Coach? (laughs) I didn't, but after three games, I think I'm finding that out. Isn't it? Well, uh, he, you know, that was the difference, you know, and you get get guys rushing to the net, a lot of good things can happen because, let's be honest with you, the Hawks have incredible defensemen. If you have great defensemen like Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook and and Yalmerson and uh, or Jalmerson, whatever the heck his name is, and you know and Sopel, you know good things can happen because you can have your forwards and your centers crash the net and make good things happen. And that was the difference yesterday. And and thank goodness, you know, uh, Brian Campbell is one of those guys like Alfonso Soriano or just somebody that's totally overpaid. But yet, when you add him, because he's been like the whipping boy for the Hawks, because no matter how good a team is in Chicago, we always have to have the whipping boy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, he's the guy that has been the whipping boy for the Hawks. But you know what? Since he's been back coach, Dustin Bufflin can now play up front, and he can stand in front of the net. And what was the difference? He had a hat trick last night. He had three career playoff goals going into the game. He had three last night, coach. It was, oh, just what a fantastic ball game. Big buff. Football game, whatever you want to call it. Big buff coming through for the Blackhawks. He was outstanding last night. I love when he gets his game going and his confidence going. He starts uh, not trash talking, but he starts, uh, you know, with the body language a little bit, giving it to the fans. And he's one tough dude, by the way. When people start uh, beating on him, I don't know if you saw the uh, – well, there were fairly uh, – Fair amount of physical scuffles going on, particularly from mid-second period to the end of the game. But Big Buff had one guy in a headlock, and then another guy started to punch him. And he, like, grabs the other guy with his other hand and starts holding the other guy back. Big Buff, not only scoring goals, but uh, one significantly tough individual. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Coach. Why did Buffalo get the penalty on that particular instance? Terrible He's fighting two guys. He's fighting two guys. Why did he get the penalty? And Pat Foley and uh, Eddie Olchek, the two announcers, both agreed with the same thing. They said it was a, a bad call. Yeah, I was I was actually at my friend uh, Kelly Drudy's house who graduated from some type of – she wasn't just a nurse, and now she's more than a nurse was mm-hmm. the party. She, and so, like, that was the reason why I, I'm a little bit, uh, just, as you can say, hurting this morning, Coach. To celebrate the hat trick, did young Kelly go big buff? Uh, she doesn't really care about uh, putting the biscuit in the basket, if you know what I'm saying. Cause she could care less about hockey. Okay. Uh, but uh, it was very difficult to hear what they were saying. But yeah, it was that. It's 
that was obvious. You know, they're definitely a one-sided, a homer call, which I have no problem with. But uh, come on. I mean, if two guys are fighting one guy, yeah. why does the one guy get the penalty? How about the time near the Blackhawk bench? I think it was Burroughs who took the Blackhawk player, I forget who, well, might have been Sopo, and was literally like smashing his head against the um, the Chicago Blackhawk um, yeah. uh, exactly. side, like the, the Blackhawk sideboard. He's going up and down. I thought it was like a, a Three Stooges routine or something. Yeah, and then it was uh, Dave Bowen comes in yeah. to try to create some justice, and Bowen gets the penalty. Yep. Well, I mean, what the heck is going on? I mean, but they did. legitimately, if you're Vancouver, like a lot of times you lose in hockey, you're like, well, the rest were against us. You got every call last night, and you still got your butt kicked. Mm-hmm. Then the Burroughs kid did get thrown out of the game. To be fair to the officials, correct? Is or no, no, no. I'm thinking of, no, no. That was a different one later in yeah, the game. Okay, right? Yeah, wait. I'm pretty sure that was different. I have to admit, I was in the midst of like 30 people asking me a million questions as I was That's watching right. the game. You were imbibing and drinking at Kelly's big buff party. I don't blame you for being distracted. Uh no, it was like with two minutes left in the game when the Vancouver player got thrown out of the game for fighting, and I think he accidentally hit the referee, too. Let me ask you, as a non-hockey expert, big dog, um, if a guy gets thrown out of the game with like a minute, two minutes left, is that? They miss the next game. They do? Yes. That, that's wow. the whole thing. Is the, and it, It's a great rule for hockey because they don't want players to, you right. know, because, you know, when the game is over with and then they start a fight and uh-huh. it's, you know what I mean? And, there, and the penalty really isn't much of a deterrent. The the whole that's... deal in hockey is you miss the next game. So that's why I don't want the Blackhawks to fight. I don't want them to be idiots. I want them to score goals and win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, they're such a good team. They don't need to drop down to that level. I mean, they need to stand up for themselves and defend themselves. Trust me, I don't, I don't want them to play like a bunch of wussies. Mm-hmm. But uh, forget that. They need to... Beyond, be beyond that. You know, when the, the Red Wings were great, they weren't doing stupid stuff. When the Oilers were great or the Islanders were great or the Devils, they didn't, they, they used to stand up for themselves in fights, but they didn't stoop down to any type of level. And you, all I know is this. Vancouver is worried, coach. They're extremely worried if they're, if they're playing like this. Big win for the Blackhawks last night at Vancouver. 5-2 to two the final score. Take a 2-1 lead in the series. Boston uh, defeated Philadelphia last night. They are up 3-0. If we have any Philadelphia Flyer fans living out in uh, beautiful Philadelphia listening to the show, you need a little consoling right now. There's uh, no city like Chicago that can console losers. We've got a lot of experience in it. Give us a call at 888-463-6748. The Bruin looking like a formidable opponent down the road, maybe, for the Chicago Blackhawk, Joe, Joel Radwanski, the big dog, our hockey expert, joining us here on the Talk Zone. And again, Joel, you're a man who uh, I believe you had told me earlier have never actually laced up the skates. Is that correct? Never. I've never roller skated. I've never inline skated. I've done none of that. But I do have, I'm part of a, a hockey lineage coach in my family, on the on the left side of my family, on the <laughs> on the mom's side. All the Millers were great hockey players. Like, look, my uncle Jimmy was a was a, a hockey uh-huh. player, a great hockey player growing up. Uh, my cousin Jimmy, his son was a, played at Illinois, and he also taught me one of the greatest chants I've ever heard <laughs> in all of hockey. Uh, the University of Illinois started this back in the day when they would score a goal on the opponent. They would the play. I mean, the fans would chant behind the goalie. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. Yep. And believe it or not. Now, at the, if you go out to uh, the Allstate Arena and watch yes. the Chicago Wolves, I was just going to mention. Forget it. about them. Yeah, you know yeah. They're, they're actually still playing. I was they, I was at a I was at a Wolves game um, a couple of years ago, playoff game, 
and uh-huh. we had actually had pretty good seats. And uh, the the Wolves won like by some ridiculous score of like ten to two, and they didn't pull their goal. Same goalie, and and the, that's exactly what the fans were chanting. It's all your fault. And by goal number seven or eight, believe me, that goalie was getting quite perturbed. Well, I, I could really. I don't even think they had a chant it. Okay, I think he started believing it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago. He just sent him a note. The Wolves, by the way, had a pretty good series. It's 2-2 two to two with the Texas Stars. Any of our fans out there, if you're following the AHL playoffs, the Battle Big Dog for the Calder Cup, it's actually pretty good stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what? The, the, the only bad thing about the Hawks being really good is it takes a little attention, or takes almost all the attention off yep. of the Wolves, who... You know what? That's quality hockey going on over there, and it's the it's the second best hockey league in the world. Let's mm-hmm. let's face it, coach. Uh, it's the second best hockey league in the world. They got all types of players from all over the world. It's the the minor league system for the NHL. And the, you know what's kind of sad is if you go to a regular season game out at the All State Arena, there's going to be twelve thousand people there, maybe even fifteen thousand. And you go to a, a playoff game because they don't have the big group sales because they're not sure like if they're actually going to have playoff games. Mm-hmm. It's only like four or 5,000, and those are the diehard Wolves fans, as you like to call them, the salt of the earth. Well, as my dad said, it's not about the quantity. It's all about quality. Quality over quantity. And you go to a playoff game at the Allstate Arena late in the season, and again, you said it very well. You're not going to see a big crowd, but the fans that are there supporting an AHL hockey team in Chicago, those are, you're talking about middle-of-the-road, blue-collar, true, true hockey fans, loyalists, a uh, couple of beers per game, cheering on their team. Good people. Good oh, like Eighty percent of them got Chicago Wolf jerseys on too. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, that's you know that's the the only bad thing about the Chicago Blackhawks finally uh, resuscitating the organization and, yes. and becoming a you know a viable product again ever since Dalla 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 Bill Wurtshaw uh, died a couple years ago what is the fact that the the Wolves have been put on the back burner and they, I understand that they're minor league quote unquote but. You know what? That that's a quality product they have going on there, so we shouldn't forget about it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Now I'm hoping, Big Dog, after the uh, big party last night, that you did have a designated driver taking you home. I do hope uh, with all yeah, the it was called my two feet, Coach. Oh, you walked. Yes, uh, I, I tell you, I, I bought a house in a in a subdivision where my high school <laughs> friends have uh, grow, uh, live right now. So. I was at a party with okay. my high school friends and my friends of the people that I live with, and I walked okay. home last night, Coach. So this was a subdivision party. Very, very exciting. Yeah, so I love yeah, subdivision I, I, parties. It, it is good, Coach. Yep. Oh, heck, and I met uh, a, a young lady who is Dan Issel's uh, goddaughter. Wow. And I asked wow. her last night. I got drunk enough. Dan Issel's goddaughter. Okay. Yeah, she Not is, granddaughter, uh, but goddaughter. Yes, goddaughter is uh, it's her niece, his niece, and uh, she's about six one, very attractive. She is the all-time woman scorer at whatever high school that uh, Dan Issel went, which is a local school out here in the western suburbs. I Batavia, didn't realize that. Batavia High School. Oh, Batavia, exactly, yep. exactly. That's what it was. And uh, and last night I asked if I can procreate with her. Everybody laughed in the room besides her. I'm a little I afraid to ask. I'm a little afraid to ask this question, but to how old? Is Dan Issel's goddaughter? I would have to say she's like twenty-eight or so. <sighs> okay. Because I was like your height, my you know my jumping ability, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, my frame, your height, uh, definitely her vision because I can't see a dang, I can't see a lick. So and and probably her common sense because I'm an idiot. Interesting. 
So you're, you're, you're procreating for potential athletic ability down the road. Yeah, and, and i got to realize that might not be the best pickup line, Coach. No. No, it, it, no. Isn't. it isn't. But I, I don't know if one man can say this to another man, but I think you'd be a heck of a procreator, quite frankly. Well, yeah, it all depends. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're like a five-foot-tall Korean woman, that might mm-hmm. not be the best idea. But if you're like 6'3", you know, extremely attractive and can, you know, have a jump <laughs> shot, I, I mean, I might be the one. Uh, I'm just glad you, you're two feet where you're designated driver and you weren't driving home. Last time Big Dog drove home, David, the uh, I think the, the policeman stopped him, asked for a driver's license. Joel got all mad. He said, what the heck? Yesterday you took my driver's license away from me, and now today you want me to show it to you? <laughs> That's what got you in trouble in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah I know. I, I've had designated drivers before. The problem was it was in the back of a squad. You know, so... <laughs> Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. We're going to jump to some other topics, but if you want to uh, talk some Blackhawk hockey, NHL playoffs, that has been a prime source of discussion here in the fine city of Chicago. The Hawks jumping up two to one, uh, big win yesterday. The first period, big dog Vancouver was all over the Blackhawk. Antti Niemi came up with some uh, great saves. I mean, one in particular, actually, you could call it two in particular on one save where he went. Right skate, and then got the pad up to make the save on the rebound. That was tremendous. But Niemi's goaltending in the first period, I'm hoping you were sober enough to consciously realize that was a key to the game. Oh, without question, the the Canucks had 16 shots on goal in the first period. And and let's face it, this is one of those things where a team can outplay another, yet if you have good goaltending, still be leading. And after the first period, if you didn't know who had scored, you would say the Canucks were winning. Yet, the Hawks were up 2 nothing, And mm-hmm. the, I think that just broke the will. But, well, I don't know if it broke the will, but you know the momentum was definitely on the Hawks' side. Mm-hmm. And then they, they outplayed the Canucks for the next two periods. And, uh, and you know, they only beat them 3-2 over the next two periods, but they really did play phenomenal after that. So, uh, Anthony Emmett took a lot of, I thought, bogus shots over the last couple of days, people ripping on him. But what happened in game one when I thought it was the defense that let him down. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I think now he's got the momentum. He's got uh, uh, he's got uh, the Chicago on his side. And remember, Roberto Luongo, the, the Chicago Blackhawks own him, Coach. That guy has got to have mental issues. Yep. The rest of the NHL does, and he's one of the best goalies around. But somehow, Without a doubt, yes. yes. When, he, when he plays the Indian head, he um, starts to the noose. The jersey gets just a little bit tight around the necorial area. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, the guy really is an incredible goalie. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why he plays so poorly against the Chicago Blackhawks, but he does. I'll tell you two guys that, uh, you know, I think I'm um, mature enough to enjoy talent on the other side of the fence of watching the Sedin brothers for Vancouver. And not that I'm rooting for them, but, boy, you have to appreciate their talent. Those two guys, they work together. So, well, first of all, both of them are unbelievable individual talents. And they're, they're, they're not just brothers, Coach. They're identical twins. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and Coach, not only are they identical twins, they're those – I'm sure Dave Olson will know because he's our resident expert and he probably should speak more on the show. But I forget what they call him, but he, they're not just identical twins. They're like those uh, like symbiotic twins. They do exactly the same thing all the time. Wow. And, and they have to be on the same line. They mm-hmm. have, they're on the same power play. they got exactly the same contract. It, it, it's 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 a weird situation they got going on there. Like like whenever they when they're on the bench together, they drink the the water exactly at the same time, coach. 
they skate, they, 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 they go left and right. Exactly. It's, it's weird that they do everything exactly the same doesn't, all the time. Doesn't seem like a particularly healthy situation. I don't even want to ask about their social life or yeah, yeah. married their life, but situation. all I know is watching them play hockey, they are good. They're fun to watch. They have such a feel for each other. And uh, you really, whatever line is up defensively against them, you've got to be on your toes because at any moment they can come up with spectacular play. I do enjoy watching them play. Yeah, you know what? I, yeah, I don't watch them during this particular series, but yeah, you're exactly right. They why don't, are. Why don't you watch them this particular series? Well, I don't enjoy watching anybody oh. uh, participate well against the Chicago Blackhawks, well, the Cubs, the Bulls, or the Bears. So. I didn't say I'm rooting for them, but I, I you know, I okay, maybe enjoy watching them is going, but I respect their uh, ability, and I haven't watched that much Vancouver hockey in the past, so I'm enjoying the Sedin brothers. I remember last year the Blackhawks knocked off Vancouver as well, but. Uh, you know, in any sport, you got to respect talent. Another guy that I'm so impressed oh, with and enjoy watching him play, you know, the two young kids, Taves and Patrick Kane, get a lot of pub for the Chicago Blackhawks. Patrick Kane's the more spectacular and flashy player. He's fun to watch. But Jonathan Taves, I really appreciate him. The more you watch him play, he's like 22 going on 35. Such a mature player. He made the big play yesterday to uh, keep the puck in the zone that ended out yeah. in the big goal of the game. But Jonathan Tate, the more I watch him, big dog, and the more I get into the game of hockey, he's the real deal. Uh, no, no, he absolutely is, Coach. And you know what? Uh, you know, he wears the C for a reason. Yeah. You know, some guys just exude confidence. They exude leadership. This guy has it. And uh, Jonathan Tate is one of those guys where, you know, he had three assists last night. He had three points. You know, awesome plus minus. But, like, he helps the Hawks win in games where he doesn't have any assists or goals. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always doing stuff that, like you said, keep the puck in the zone, which which ended up being gigantic at that particular point. The, the guy just makes the right play consistently. And, uh, you know, Marion Hosa came over, and the Hawks actually thought about giving Marion Hosa the captain, you know, the leadership. And he said, no, no, no. It's Jonathan Taves. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, that's a big-time coach. And, again, they Jonathan Taves is 22? I would have 20... to say he's right around then, yeah, because – they drafted him right out of high school. Yep. He played like a little bit in the minors, and they brought him up immediately from Rockford. They were like, you know, this guy is the real deal. He mm-hmm. just knows the game. And uh, Coach, he, he could play for Chicago for the next 15, 20 years. He could end up being like bigger than Bobby Hall or Stan Makita mm-hmm. or anybody that's ever yeah. played in the city of Chicago. Except he, he's not this charismatic guy. You have to uh, watch him do a push. Patrick Kane's got the, the sparkle. Jonathan Taves is just uh, – a little more understated, so I don't know if he has that star power, but you're right. If he sticks around long enough, he'll be a Blackhawk icon for sure. Yeah, what, yeah. what about those car commercials? David Olson, our marketing and publicity guy, we're trying to get publicity for our show here, and I don't understand you know, some of the things involving marketing, but uh, that the commercial that we're seeing over and over again, I forget what car commercial it is, but you know, the, the final line is, Drive you get you can drive the same car that Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves drive. Yeah, it's it, it's Chevy, isn't Dude, it? Yeah, I think it's Chevy. Whoever it is. My question to you is: Does anybody? And I guess the answer is yes, because yes, because marketing people aren't stupid. But are there actually people out there that are going to consider buying a car because Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are driving a particular car? You know, I I, I, I don't want to rip those guys. You, you know, no, you no, I'm not point. ripping them. I'm just uh, I'm ripping the people, I guess, that could possibly be influenced by that. No, the, the only the only uh, what do you call it? Um, example that I have offhand is: Do you remember when Michael Jordan did the whole "I'm back" quote? Yes. And he went to the not to the Berto Center where the Bulls practice. 
Well, Range Rover gave him a Range Rover, and he drove there in it. And supposedly the next day, and I'm not saying these guys are Michael Jordan, but some people are so stupid, Coach. Supposedly <laughs> the next day, Range Rover sold like their sales were up like fifteen thousand percent. It was like they sold more Range Rovers the next day than they had in any day in history of Range Rovers. It's not a particularly uh, high recommendation of the American mentality, is it? Yeah, I mean seriously. I mean, but you know, some people have expendable cash, Coach, and they mm-hmm. just don't care. Oh, I'm going to drive the same car Michael Jordan drives. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drive a Chevy because Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, believe it or not, Coach, yeah. there is a small percent of people with expendable cash. And how do these people make their money if they're so dumb? Is what? one thing I want to know. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, some people will do that, Coach. You know, and then, and I don't know. That, you're exactly right about that particular yeah. issue. I Hard don't get it. Yeah. You know, if, you know. And it's the same thing. It's like, you know, hey, we're going to put a $10,000 suit on, on somebody, be, and we're going to give it to them. We're going to mm-hmm. put it on Michael Jordan, or we're going to put it on Jonathan Taves, because all of a sudden somebody will want to wear the exact same mm-hmm. suit that Jonathan Taves is wearing. Maybe we should do a commercial, Big Dog. The Big Dog and the Coach, you know, whatever product we happen to be selling, maybe that could be our uh, our end to, to publicity. You know, maybe we should we, throw ourselves out there. Well, uh, that's a good point, Coach. We would probably want to do, like, the anti-stuff. You know, like, we should be like, hey, I have cancer. And they were like, man, I don't want to be like the big dog, so I don't want to get cancer. <laughs> you know, so maybe we need to talk to somebody that stuff you don't want to have. So, like, we need to contact, like, the Cancer Foundation or the Hypertension Foundation or mm-hmm. something like that. Interesting. Interesting. I take that as a personal insult, but you're probably correct. <laughs> Sad but true. The one commercial I did like, we're going to head to a break here, talk some baseball. When we come back, phone lines are open, folks, 888-463-6748, the bank commercial. And, again, I can't even remember which bank it is, but uh, with the little play on hockey where the tellers jump over oh. the uh, – <laughs> like the players the jumping over the boards on a line change. The tellers okay. jump over the um, the bank telling table to uh, greet the customer. That's And then they tape up the pencil, right? The Jonathan Tate, have you seen that? Yes, uh, yeah. I did watch it last night, and as soon as they said it's a line change, I started laughing, so I did yeah. not see the end of the commercial. <laughs> All right, appreciated that humor. Hey, when we come back, Big Dog, I know you want to talk about uh, a, a one of your favorite people in baseball. I know you get emotional a little bit, but at the age of 92, Ernie Harwell, the great Detroit broadcaster, passed away. Uh, I'll give you a chance to take some thoughts on one of your favorite guys in baseball, and we'll talk um, some Cub and Sox with your permission. Oh, absolutely, Coach. Heck yeah. Ernie Harwell, I've got a great tribute for him, Coach. All right, we'll take a quick break. David Olson, our producer, TalkZone.com. Two guys, one Mike. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. You can email us, too, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Back in 43.5 seconds.
The lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. About that big dog, three months, four months. Actually, we're up to we're close to half a year doing this show. I think we're at the five month point. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. All along, I could have just been saying eight eight eight. Go for it. Yeah, you could have been. You could have been. And to be honest with you, we need to give the phone number out more often, Coach. Think so? That, that's one of the complaints I get from okay. uh, our dear listeners. They they tell they're like, oh, I wanted to call, but uh, right. I didn't know the phone number. I'm like, you're by a computer. Just look it up. But, you know, some people, you know, they, mm-hmm. they put us on and then they back page us and they start doing the work on the Anytime. computer. So we need to say it more often. Anytime you want to check in with the big dog and coach, we are user-friendly. Put that number down. Commit it to memory. Put it on your automatic redial. Whatever it takes. 888-463-6748. Your conduit to uh, average sports conversation here. The big dog and the coach. By the way, we did find out uh, David Olson sent some people out there. We found out why It's You Can't Reach, our favorite horse. Did not yeah. actually take off in the Derby. Itch you can't reach. Apparently he was a scratch. Yeah, he was he was out the stud. The only problem was he was just watching. <laughs> the only horse that's a voyeur is our itch you can't reach. Yeah. By the way, very depressing. Icebox, the uh, number two horse, the one you predicted to win. Not going to be in the Preakness. Oh, why not? He's saving himself for the Belmont. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing is uh, you really get to see who the best horse is in the in the Preakness because it seems like all the horses stay themselves. So there's what there's 20 horses in the Derby. Mm-hmm. There, there's like six that normally run the Preakness. <laughs> so uh, if there's if there's any uh, great sporting event that gets totally the back seat, it's the Preakness, isn't it, Coach? Mm-hmm. Well, I I, pre- I prefer the Belmont actually because it's the, the longest of the races. Well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. The Preakness gets the back seat all the time, yes. and you're you're actually one of the 27 diehard horse fans, you know, yep. in, in the world. Actually, so. there's 28. We picked up one yesterday. He emailed the show. I'll tell you something. That Exponentially, that's huge. You know what I mean? That's kind of, <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of like our, our rating. When, you know, people like when one person drops off, most other shows are like, ah, no big deal. Yeah. Well, with us, that's huge, Coach. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, we're very proud. For our, Typically, our research shows for every listener that jumps on board, we lose another three or four big dogs. So the percentages are not working our favor but we have to take every positive that we can it's kind of like a like a teeter-totter a seesaw that's not good coach no we're sinking rapidly but uh our producer david olson keeps humoring us and quite frankly the man who hired us general manager the commander-in-chief chris whitting i haven't seen him for like three months that's usually a good sign though huh I, i'm assuming that's a good thing because I, I, I had a friend of mine she came home one day and she was like she's like joel my boss came in and told me I was doing a great job. I think I'm going to get fired. And you know what? The next <laughs> thing she got fired. Okay. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? So, yeah, why is he being so nice to me? So, Coach, it's a good thing when Chris Whitting isn't over your shoulder. Trust me, it's a good thing. No news is good news from the commander-in-chief. Uh, unfortunately, we've got some bad news in baseball. We'll talk about yeah. the games in just a second. Big Doug, you were not on yesterday's show, and I know you got some thoughts on him. Uh, 92 years old. The word icon is very oft overused in American life. Uh, today but he truly was an icon in baseball ernie harwell the great detroit tiger announcer finally passed away you know what coach uh I, i'm not gonna talk upset about him or oh it's too bad that he died the, the man was 92 years old and more importantly you talk about a man that lived the life he wanted to live he is an example for every human being he was gracious he was nice to everyone no matter who you were he made sure he went out of his way to make sure you felt uh, accepted, 
and good. Every story I've ever heard about Ernie Howell, everybody says the man was just fantastic to them. And you know what? It says a lot about something when people go after what they want to do and then do it, and when they get the job and the, and the dream life that they've always wanted, to all of a sudden be happy. You know, I, you know, so many athletes, so many actors, so many TV hosts, radio talk show hosts have the job that they've always dreamed of having, and then they're bitter and they're upset and they think they're bigger than everybody else. You know, the truth of the matter is you should be happy, and Ernie Harwell was always happy. He was always gracious. He was always a good man. And you're exactly right, Coach. Icon is used too much. But you know what? Think about this. He was traded for a position player, a catcher. How many baseball announcers were ever traded for a position player ever in the history of the game? One, Ernie Harwell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he never cheated on his wife, supposedly. He was always good to her. And the man did exactly what he always wanted to do. So Ernie Harwell, uh, you lived a great life. I'm not sad that you died because, you know, you lived exactly what you wanted to do. But you will always be remembered in my mm-hmm. heart. Well said. Well said. And he did it. Uh, the love that you're talking about, the love of his announcing, the love of baseball, he did it right up until his death, right, Big Dog? Is he? Oh still... no, no. Uh, he uh, he was kind of forced out by Detroit okay. in uh, in '99, mm-hmm. and then there was there was such an outcry right. of why did you force Ernie Harwell out that you know the the Tigers brought him back, but mm-hmm. he did retire in '02, Coach. '02. He was still in baseball, like he was still doing things, and like mm-hmm. he was on the MLB Network, like uh, given. Uh, like his thoughts on what was going on with Detroit and then the rest of the American League Central. And so he was still working, but I mean, let's face it. I mean, when you're 92 years old, it's very difficult to do play by play. Like that's why everybody should definitely tip the hat to, to Vin Scully because I mean, when you're in your eighties, it's, it's, it's to be on the ball and be able to call every single play and, and, and travel and do all that other stuff. It's very, very difficult. So, Vin yeah, Scully it, it, is in his eighties. Oh, well, coach, think about this. Vin Scully, and, you know, and, and the transition to him a little bit so, so we can appreciate the greatest uh, baseball sports announcer in the history of America. Vin Scully was with the Dodgers when they participated in Brooklyn, coach. Wow. Think about that. That's how long Vin Scully's been. And the guy's still as sharp as a crack, uh, sharp as sharp as a whip, whatever, pack, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's. You know, he's also to be appreciated. So I bring up Ernie Harwell. You know, there's 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 a few announcers. Like, announcers are typically more important than the players. If you think about this, coach, if you know Sammy Sosa had a great career with the Chicago Cubs, but it eventually ended. He was only there for you know from '92 to to '04 or '05 or '04. So he played 13 seasons with the Cubs. You know, Harry Carey was there from '82 to to '97. You know, that's, you know, the 15 years, 16 seasons. They're, the, the play-by-play announcers are more important than the players. Mm-hmm. You know, really, if you think about it, because they're every at-bat, well, every well, pitch. When you say more important, you're obviously you're not talking about wins and losses, but oh, connection no. connection to the fans and their allegiance yeah. and stuff. Yes, the announcer yeah, and, can take over that role, no question. And, and, and if you think about it, those jobs are so rare. Because I, I'm going to ask you a question, Coach. Would you rather be a U.S. senator? Or would you rather be the, the play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Cubs? Play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Cubs. Yes. Okay. And there's only 30 Major League Baseball uh, play-by-play announcers. Mm-hmm. But there's 100 U.S. Senators. Really what okay. I really wanted to do was to be the play-by-play announcer for the Senate hearings. If I could combine <laughs> the two, I think that'd be kind of cool. Well, you, you know what? I, I like to have a sense of humor about, about sports. 
but trust me, I, I would last about about two different hearings because mm-hmm. I would just I would make it too much fun of the centers, and they have way too much power, coach. Now, well, you know, I would wake up dead. Attention, your attention, please. The fourth speaker of the day, the congressman from Minnesota, Jim Lasky. Oh, we've got a filibuster. It's a filibuster coming. Can you believe it? Another filibuster. I think there should be. Maybe we should announce the Senate and congressional hearings. And, um, hey, things couldn't go any worse, right? Yeah, well, maybe we should contact C-SPAN, Coach. Possible. Yeah, it could be a might new not gig be a bad idea. Yeah, I don't know if we can get out of our high-paying contract here at thetalkzone.com, but if we could do play, would you do play-by-play or color? I think you'd be... I guess I'd have to do play-by-play. You'd be the color guy for the center hearings. Well, actually, you know what? Uh, the thing is, the way you drive the show, and I say all the all the stuff that you know, I, I put the color in here. I think since you know more about like uh, the Senate and all that other stuff, you should be the one who actually does the color, and I do the play-by-play in that particular instance. Would, it have, would we have to be like golf announcers? You think we'd have to whisper? Or? It all depends on what time of day it is. Because I trust, trust me when. When I'm really, really hungover like this morning, C-SPAN is always a really good option. <laughs> Never quite thought of it that way, but I guess you're right. Oh, goodness. Hey, before we leave, I do want to get to the baseball report. Some good games yesterday. Talk Cubs, Sox also. Uh, one of those games was good. One was not so good. But uh, Vin Scully, before we leave him and all the amazing things he has done, correct me if I'm wrong, he announces the games all by himself? Yes. And if anybody is debating whether or not they should get uh, uh, the ticket or whatever the heck they call the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. uh, yeah, telecast. The package. The package. You need to do it. If you have the expendable cash just for one reason, there is nothing better than going to sleep watching the Dodger game when Vince Scully is doing it. It is phenomenal, Coach. He will teach you the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's funny. I watch these games, and I, I don't know if you have the droid phone, Coach, but uh, you know, I launched an, an app, so if you have the Droid phone, you can download Dole's Baseball's Trivia. If I have a on, what? Uh, a great tone. What's up? What did you say if I have a... A Droid phone. A Droid phone? Yes. Not only do I not have one, I'm not sure what it is. Well, I know I'm speaking another language to you, and I'm not sure you don't know even what an app is, but uh, I'm sure David Olson knows. But I, I launched an app, and it's basically trivia questions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these came directly from Ben Scully's mouth. I watch baseball at night, and Ben Scully will start saying, you know, he'll tell some story of something that happened, and I turn it into a trivia question. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Coach, I, I'm not kidding you. That's why, like, that's why it was when I brought up Ernie Harwell. If you're a baseball fan out there, you need, and you, and you kind of, you know who Ben Scully is and you like him, get the baseball package just so you can hear this man speak because he is one of the last living legends, one of the last connections we have of baseball's past. Mm-hmm. Because there's really not too many old, uh, like the Mel Allens, the Harry Carries, the... Uh, Harry Callis. You know, uh, who did you say, Coach? Harry Callis? Harry Callis, yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Buck? They're all gone. You know what I mean? They're, those mm-hmm. guys, there's not... Oh, Ben Scully's the only one left, the last connection to baseball in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and now everybody else is the Len Casper. They're exactly the same. Hey, welcome in, everybody. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, I... <laughs> There's a there's a big difference between the guys who actually set the set the trends yeah. compared to the guys that are copying everybody else. I so. guarantee you. By the way, if you ask uh, Vin Scully if he had a Droid phone, he'd say the same thing as me. And I don't well, think he knows what apps are either. Well, you know what, Coach? That guy knows. He he listens to hip hop, Coach. 
Vince Gully is one of those guys that can tell you exactly what happened in a game back in 1948. Mm-hmm. Yet he realizes he he's a man that is old and is you know he's old fashioned and he's and he's set in his ways. But yet he always is modern. Is it, the man? I, I would totally disagree with that. With okay. that, he probably knows what an app right. is. He probably even has the Droid phone. Code. Well, I take it back. Well, probably in the next Dancing with the Stars, it'll be 83 year old Vince Scully dancing with some young, beautiful, lovely, but. Uh, at any rate, a very nice ode to Ernie Harwell, truly one of the yeah. baseball greats, big dog. And I think if Ernie Harwell were here right now, he would say, stop talking about me, folks. Get back to the game that you love, the wonderful yes, world of baseball. And let us do that real quick here in the city of Chicago. I mentioned uh, one thumb up, one thumb down. Nice win for the Sox yesterday, 9-2. to two. They take two out of three from Kansas City. On the other side of town, big dog at Pittsburgh, the Cubs lost their second in a row, five singles for the game. Five. Huh singles was our total hit production as the inconsistency of the beloved cup continues to be the theme of the season this team doesn't make any sense to me coach no the only thing i know about the chicago cubs is i don't know a thing about the chicago cubs Mm -hmm. really i mean they're getting decent starting pitching most of the season and then the middle relief blows it and and when the when the relief actually gets it done they don't hit at all uh another disappointing game now yeah I, I didn't get to watch too much, but it seems like, you know, you play in that ballpark, it's just a pain in the butt. It seems this whole series, the Chicago Cubs are hitting bombs to left center that are 405 foot out, and then the Pittsburgh Pirates are hitting little blue fly balls that are 320 foot home runs because that park is totally configured in a way that it's mm-hmm. kind of like old Yankee Stadium where you can hit a 325-foot home run to right and a 409-foot out to left center. So, and As much as the Pirates have struggled in uh, recent years, the Cubs, over the years, at least in recent years, Big Dog, they've had a little bit of trouble with Pittsburgh. Yesterday the trouble was with a uh, pitcher named Charlie Morton. He came into the game with an ERA of 12-point-something. In 0-5 record, he holds the Cubs to 5 singles, so not a good hitting performance. And uh, if you watch the somewhat disheveled and definitely much maligned Uncle Lou Piniella, our manager, he was uh, in one of his states after the game where, you know, he just kind of threw up his arms. Well, what do you want me to do? You know, he, he has no answers. The team has to start hitting. But five singles against Charlie Morton, not good from the offense. Uh, you're going to have games like that. It just, it's just a little perturbing right now when you see the season slipping away. And yep. And I, you know, I, I'm I'm not ready to bury him because you know I am one of those diehard Cub fans. You know, I'm going to root for him all year. But um, are we thinking wild card on May 6th? Because uh, can they possibly catch the Cardinals? Is it even possible? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're not as good as them, and they're already six or seven games behind the Cardinals. They're you know they're 13 and 15. They can turn this around. They have a lot of talent on the team. The only problem is they have so many young relievers. I, I, I mean, is, is, is that what I we're can, thinking as Cub fans? Can they win the wild card? Yes, I think I can speak for 96.3% of the Cub fans, and even if I can't, I will attempt to here in the two guys in a mic show. By the way, if you want to speak for 96.3 of the Cub fans, you can too by dialing it up. Talk a little baseball here, Cub soccer or otherwise, 888-463-6748. The coach and the big dog at your service, 888 I think uh, at this point, big dog, if you told Cub fans you're not going to catch the Cardinals, but you can get in as a wild card team, I think uh, we would very happily take that. I'm pretty confident in making that statement. Well, no, no, absolutely everybody would take that because if you're in the tournament at the end of the year, if you're one of eight teams with a chance, you know, everybody's record is zero and zero at that point. But, uh, I, I mean, 
I, I really don't know if they can win the wild card. It, it just it, it's one of those seasons where you look at it and I don't even know if they have a chance. So, it, it, the Cub fans, if you're rooting for the Cubs, it, this is one of those different years where you realize early on that they might not have a chance to contend this season. A couple of streaks came to an end. Ryan Thurio's 13-game hitting streak. Alfonso Soriano trying to uh, tie a club record, I think, with his fifth consecutive day of hitting a home run. But uh, Big Dog, real quick, if we will, uh, if you can. I know you got your notes in front of you. Let's take a trip around Major League Baseball. We attempt to do this each and every day, but a little MLB recap. Some interesting game yesterday. So are you uh, prepared for this particular segment? Oh, I'm apt, Coach. I'm ready. You're apt? Yes. Is there an app for this? <laughs> All right, let's go. Sure let's go. American League first. Toronto knocked off Cleveland five to four. Indians had a uh, lead going into the ninth inning. Three runs in the ninth inning for Toronto. Another tough defeat for Cleveland. Adam Lynn, two run homer, heartbreaker for the Indian. Big win for the Blue Jay. Yeah, Coach Adam Lynn is one of the best unknown players in the game of baseball. That guy can just flat out hit. And Toronto's a really good team. The only problem is they're in a they're in a division yep. with Tampa Bay and and the New York Yankees, which means that they really don't have mm-hmm. much of a chance. And eventually, you know, Boston's going to get their ship righted, and you know they'll start playing a lot better baseball. But Toronto, you know, it's too bad because ever since they traded Roy Halladay last year, mm-hmm. it seems like nobody's going out to the games. It's like fans are just upset. Oh, you have a good player, and, and mm-hmm. so and you trade him. But you know what? They actually have a pretty decent team, Coach, but no one's going to know about it. Get out there and watch your ball club, Toronto Blue Jay fans. Our listenership out in Toronto. Come on now. And if you disagree with the big dog, you want to complain, 888-463-6748. The beauty, the beauty, big dog, of the Internet. Our listeners in Toronto right now taking the shot that you just delivered directly. Yeah, And uh, just to let you know, Coach, not only are breastfeeding moms a really big listenership for yeah. us, it's also strippers. Strippers. In Toronto. Per capita, some of the highest, uh, like highest stripper per person uh, ratio in the world. In Toronto? Yes. I was not aware of that. I've never been there, but it's true. Interesting. How are we doing with the uh, the, the stripper listening audience? Do we uh, not quite as big as the breastfeeding moms? We we do a lot better in the Eastern time zone than we do in like the Pacific time zone, just because they don't wake up in time to actually listen to the show. <laughs> There's a lot of ways you could go with that particular one, but I think the way I'm going to go is to continue moving on with our MLB recap. Good choice. Thank you. Uh, Boston, the team you just mentioned, they are riding the ship 3-1. to one. It's been a roller coaster ride for the Red Sox this year, and that's not well, it's typical. It's all, all downhill so far. Well, they've had a few moments, and uh, they defeated Anaheim yesterday. I think they've won a couple in a row against Anaheim, 3-1 to one effect. I think they've won three in a row against the Angels in Game 4 tonight, so they're going for the sweep. Uh, big win for the Red Sox, three to one. Interesting there, John Lackey, who pitched so many years for the Anaheim Angels, Mike Sosa's guy, now pitching for the Red Sox. It was Lackey who beat his old team yesterday, big dog, in a little uh, reverse etoile. Yeah, John Lackey is one of those guys that's a really good pitcher in the regular season, and he's phenomenal in the postseason, kind of yep. like Josh Beckett. So uh, yeah, that that was pretty cool to watch him uh, with all of his uh, ex teammates. Uh, you know, you, we talked about writing the ship. You know, for years, the Anaheim, California, slash now Los Angeles Angels, again, I, I lose track of what year they're what particular name that they call them. They've always had the best bullpen in baseball, period. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, they got one of the worst bullpens, and their starting pitching is horrible. They have the worst ERA in baseball. If I would have told you, I mean, in the first couple of weeks, anything could happen, and nothing surprises me, but on May 6th, if I would have told you that the Angels had the worst ERA in baseball, you probably would have thought I was lying to you, Coach. 
isn't it amazing the Angels can't pitch? They can't get anybody out. Don't count them out yet. I mean, they are struggling, but Mike Sosa, they're still, I haven't looked uh, at the current standings here, probably only a couple of games out. Oakland, I know, defeated uh, Texas yesterday, so that weird American League West division, who's going to win it? Everybody's bunched around 500. As bad as Anaheim's bullpen has been, as many games as they've blown, big, they've lost six games in a row, and I still think they're only two or three games out of first point. Don't count Michael Sosa's team out just yet. No, no, you're exactly right, because, you know, as much as we talked about how you know, the Cubs are 13 and 15 and their aspirations for a division title are over. Yep. And, you know, and like the Toronto Blue Jays, even though they're good, they, they, they're not going to make the playoffs because they're in the American League East. If you're in the American League West, mm-hmm. all four of those teams, all of them realize they could win a division or they can finish in last place. All four of them. So, exactly right, Coach. And uh, finally, in the American League, Minnesota and Detroit, big dog. What a, what a season for the Minnesota Twins. Again, what a great coaching job, managerial job by Ron Gardenhire and his staff. Again, Twins are in first place. The Detroit Tiger come to town a couple of days ago. And uh, look at the challenge. Tigers playing good baseball. Third consecutive win by the Twins. They go for the sweep tonight. They win yesterday 5-4. to four. Cabrera for the Tigers. Couple of home runs. Alex Avila hit a couple of home runs. They got four home runs. And still, the Minnesota Twins find a way to win the game 5-4. to four. They've been um, one of the stories of Major League Baseball early on here, Big Dub. Uh, and, and no surprise, you know, the, the Twins are doing it. You know, whatever way they can figure out to win, they do it. You know, Joe Maurer's all banged up right now, and they're still winning games without yep. him. You're talking about Joe Maurer, you know, maybe the best all-around player in the game. You know, obviously there's debate. He's most likely, I don't think you can compare anybody in the American League against him. If you want to say Pujols is better, you know, you can definitely have that argument. But they just figure out a way. And, and, and remember, Coach, if nobody's on base, and you continue to throw strikes and get people out, and somebody hits a home run, that's only one run. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when that guy runs and circles the bases, there's still nobody on base at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's Hall of Fame pitchers like Fergie Jenkins and uh, and Robin Roberts who gave up a bunch of solo home runs. You know what I mean, Coach? Interesting, and, by the and, way. And, uh, the Twins believe that. Interesting that you mentioned Robin Roberts. I'm not sure if you brought that name up by happenstance, Big Dog, but I believe Robin Roberts. Not the female announcer, Robin Roberts, but the ex-Major League pitcher, Robin Roberts, passed away last night. Uh, Seriously? I didn't know that, Coach. Yep. I had a feeling you just threw his name out, but I'm pretty sure yeah. uh, Robin Roberts passed it away, so he is no longer with us. I'm not sure how uh, old he was. A great personality, Coach. Yep. He was one of those guys that like, did everything right. He, like, uh, like, I didn't get to see him play because you know, I was born in 72, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I am. A, I like to consider myself a historian of the game of baseball. That, yep. that's, he was one of those guys that did everything right. He got the most out of everything he possibly could with his life and his baseball mm-hmm. career. So definitely 80, a sad moment. 83 years old. Uh, maybe the uh, the death of Ernie Harwell was too much for him, and he passed away the day after. But 83 years old, a good long life for one of the great pitchers in baseball history. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, yeah, he he did things right, and uh, yep. he pitched for the Phillies for years, and mm-hmm. heck yeah. Okay. All right, moving over to the National League real quick. MLB recap, Big Dog, and the CoachTalkZone.com. Two guys that are my good series, Big Dog, Philadelphia and the Cardinals. Possible possible preview down the road of the NL Championship. Philadelphia mm-hmm. takes two out of three, shuts out St. Louis, four to nothing. We've all heard of Cole Hamels. We all know Roy Halladay is pitching now for Philadelphia, but it's Kyle Kendrick who goes six innings and shuts out the Cardinals. The bullpen does the rest. Philadelphia four, the Cardinals zero. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this this 
this Kendrick kid is, you know, he, he's got really good stuff. And no surprise that, uh, you know, he shuts up, but the uh, Cardinals have a pretty good lineup. The the issue now with the Phillies is who's gonna be their who's gonna be their closer because you know Brad Lidge is finally starting to pitch for him again. Ryan Madsen decided to do the Mike Dicka and uh, break a bone by in frustration while he kicked something. So I know Mike Dicka broke his hand when he was in a in the locker room. But uh, so now the for the answer for the Phillies is who's gonna uh, close for them because they there's a there's a rumor they're looking at Latroy Hawkins. Uh, hopefully that's. Hopefully that's true because I really don't want Philadelphia to to play well this particular year. <laughs> but the, I guess the good news in this particular series is not only did they win two out of three, but they also had a game where a fan did not run on the field yesterday. Yeah, that streak ended for them at two, two which, in a by row. the way, is one of the highest in baseball history. Yeah, well, I, I saw the replay again of the uh, play uh, the kid a couple of days ago running on the field and the security guard tasering him, man. That taser stuff does not look very fun. I mean, he went down, and even after he went down, it wasn't like just the shock of being hit, and then he got up again. He went down, and he stayed down. Don't mess with those taser guns, big dog. No, no, absolutely not. And yeah, that'll. You know what? I don't feel bad for him at all. You know what? You you want to mess around and run on the field. Mm-hmm. He got what he deserved, though. Maybe you know. And I don't want to get this. Has been kind of hashed over a bunch in the media the last couple of days. I don't want to spend the remaining minutes of our show, but I, I would just hope, you might be right, he did deserve it, but I would hope that does not become the uh, standard way we handle people running on the field. It, it did look, from just a human standpoint, it was a little abrasive. Well, this is true. What I think what people need is to hire me as on-field security coach yes. because, you know, I've been, I've been, I'm pretty agile, mm-hmm. I'm pretty mobile, and I'm not very hostile. So I think right. I would be able to actually rein these guys in and make it look... Uh, like yeah. they were taken out in a very, like, uh, Basically, house. you need to find middle 30-year-old people like yourself in fairly good shape that were linebackers. That's who you need. Yeah, you exactly. find You find guys that were high school linebackers, and those are the people that you need as security. Someone runs on the field. The safeties, they're not big enough to catch the guy. The D lineman, the O lineman, forget about it. They'll run out of breath after 10 steps. You need the linebacker to track that fan down and drill him. Right? Didn't Dick Butkus did it once? Uh, the Baltimore Colt, you remember Mike Curtis? Oh, Mad Dog Mike Curtis had one of the funniest in yeah. the history of uh, football. And I, there was a Colt that I talked about when he, somebody ran on the field, mm-hmm. Curtis thought, took off, drilled this guy, like clotheslined him, slammed him to the ground. He got back up and just walked back to the yeah. huddle and was like, the, uh, the beauty was not only, the, not only the violence off. of it, it was the nonchalantness. The guy comes storming on the field. Here I am. And, and uh, Mike Curtis, the middle linebacker for the Colts, stuck his forearm out, right? Barely moved. Yes. yes. And just drilled the guy. Him. Boom. Down he goes. And Curtis goes, all right, next play. Yeah, exactly. He walked back. To, I, uh, there was a Colt that was in the huddle at the time. They tell the story. It's hilarious. Where he did that and didn't even, like, acknowledge it. Just walked back and called the play for the defense. Mm-hmm. And everybody was laughing besides him. They're like, he's like, what's so funny? He's like, you almost killed that dude. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't care. Let's just play yeah. football. A little, little, little hint from the coach. If you're hiring a security guard at a sporting event, you can go through all the other stuff. You know, college education, no. High school education, you know, got kicked out. Arrest record, a couple, but nothing in the last year. That's fine. Played high school linebacker. You did? You're hired. That's all. Well, I, if you played high school linebacker, that really doesn't mean anything, Coach, because you might be Al Bundy. That might have been your glory days. If you still look like a high school linebacker and you played high school linebacker, yes, then you should be hired. I don't know if I'm going to agree with that. I think, uh, you know, once a linebacker, always a linebacker. Even if you put on a little bit of weight, 
the linebacker mentality, you can track people down. You got that vision. You got that uh, hitting ability. I'm all about the linebacker. Okay, well, Coach, I really appreciate that as somebody who played linebacker their whole entire life. I'm hiring a Fortune 500 company, Big Dog, and someday in the near future I plan to be owning a Fortune 500 company. I'm looking for linebackers to hire, and you'll be uh, certainly in the top 20 list. Well, I I do realize I'm not number one because I know your number one hire will be Terry Tate, office linebacker. (laughs) All right, Dahl, we got to wrap it up for today. Oh, by the way, I did want to mention. I always wrap it up, Coach. Huh? I always wrap it up. Thank you very much. San Francisco knocked off Florida 3-2. to Barry Zito was brilliant. The day before, Tim Lincecum, we're not talking about him enough. 13 strikeouts, one walk. That guy's absolutely amazing. Oh, he is. He is. And for, he's the, the fan of all the emos in the world. Yep. And, uh, I mean, legitimately, Coach, it, it goes to show that, you know, what is, baseball experts really don't know anything. Because mm-hmm. when he was, like, when he was drafted, People outside of the Giants, they were ripping on the Giants' pickers. They're like, oh, why'd you draft him so high? The guy's got a crazy windup. Mm-hmm. You know what? It might be one of the most perfect windups in the history of baseball. He has no stress on his arm whatsoever. So. Weighs about 168 pounds soaking yeah. wet. The guy's absolutely amazing. He's been doing it for a bunch of years. Big Dog, we got to wrap up today's show. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, we'll be back at it for a pre-weekend special tomorrow, okay? Sounds great, Coach. All right, behave yourself. Uh, David. What? <laughs> David Olson, our producer, thanks for listening, everybody, tomorrow at 10. Don't be late. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, and a sign-off.